0: As the coronavirus pandemic and government shutdown continues, abortion clinics remain in full operation, while every other elective non-essential surgery has been canceled or postponed. But Texas is fighting back. Then the Huffington Post continues the push for telemedicine abortions, proving they don't care about the health of women. At all. Finally, political operatives allegedly collude with Charlotte police force in unlawfully arresting David Benham for providing counseling outside an abortion clinic. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you are staying healthy. I hope you are making the best out of this crazy situation and crazy time in our nation's experience where uh, we're basically just at home and you're probably not even going to work. So I hope you're making the best of it, enjoying time with family and staying active and productive. We're going to continue airing the show for you and bringing you a lot of great news and content and commentary on what's happening, particularly, of course, on the pro-life front in this very strange and unique time in our country where so many businesses, and organizations have been ordered to shut down or have had to shut down um, out of uh, financial inability to continue operating. Well, this has had some good news and some bad news for the pro-life movement. Unfortunately, a lot of bad in the last week. So apparently, a U.S. district judge in Austin has recently limited Texas Governor Greg Abbott's order closing abortion clinics during the coronavirus pandemic. And we covered this two weeks ago. We talked about how various states were determining whether abortion was deemed as essential or non-essential, because the guidelines from this administration are that all elective non-essential surgeries ought to be postponed or banned for the time being in order to free up personal protective equipment for those fighting the virus and to decrease and limit the spread of the virus. But of course, many left wing states then define abortion as essential, enabling abortion clinics to operate and continue performing surgical abortions while all other forms of surgeries are banned, which can pose com- inconveniences to individuals who are in need of those surgeries. But Texas, being a more pro life state, of course, and their governor Greg Abbott included abortions within the elective non essential surgeries that were to be banned during this time period. And naturally, Planned Parenthood and their political serviles sued the state of Texas. And then Greg Abbott's. Order was actually upheld by a superior court, and now we're back into these political legal games again. So, according to the statesman.com on April 9th by Chuck Lindell, a federal judge Thursday issued a second, though more limited, order blocking Texas from enforcing an abortion ban as part of the coronavirus emergency. The late evening order by U.S. District Judge Lee Yekle of Austin came two days after a federal appeals court tossed out his first temporary restraining order with a ruling that said the state had the power to restrict constitutional rights, including abortion, to protect public safety. Texas At- Attorney General Ken Paxson, a staunch opponent of abortion, said he will once again turn to the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals with a request to dissolve EECL's second order, which they did the first time in up- upholding Greg Abbott's order until these political serviles of the abortion industry are pushing again. The Issuance of a second temporary restraining order defies the appeals court and demonstrates a lack of respect for the rule of law, Paxton said. Of course, of course they don't respect the rule of law. Anything, as we always talk about on the show, that limits a woman's access to get an abortion is unacceptable. Even if the pursuit or access of that abortion Ends up endangering or injuring others. That's obviously what they believe because they're okay with killing the babies who are injured and killed in the process of an abortion. But now in the process of restricting and banning temporarily elective non-essential surgeries so that there's more equipment and resources available for others and so that we stop the spread of the virus, they're not willing to include abortion in one of those non-essential surgeries that are temporarily banned for the sake of others. So they're willing to infect others and use up resources needed by others because those women need those abortions. They need to kill their children. And how dare you try to include abortion in all the other forms of surgeries that are currently temporarily being banned? Well, this case is important because in most states such as Ohio, Iowa, Alabama, Alabama, and Oklahoma, states that tried to include abortion in the non-essential surgery category, The courts have so far sided with abortion clinics against the state governments who ordered them closed. And so all of the attention has been on Texas, where it seems like Greg Abbott's order might be allowed to operate at least to a certain extent. Well, this legal battle over whether abortion should be temporarily banned during the coronavirus pandemic, just like all other elective surgeries have been, revolves around one question. And that question is, is abortion essential Now, of course, the answer from conservatives will be no, and the answer from pro-aborts will be yes, but that is the fundamental question, because there's not really a debate, at least not a controversial one going on, about whether these other non-controversial elective non-essential surgeries should be allowed to be performed during this pandemic. It's only the surgery of abortion that's generating so much hype and firestorm in our political discourse because... Not being able to kill your baby means you have to be responsible for your sexual choices, and it means you might have to parent and embrace parenthood of the child that's already in your womb whose appointment to murder them was inconvenienced because of the coronavirus. So is abortion essential or not? Well, elective non-essential surgeries are those that are scheduled in advance because they are not a medical emergency, right? That's what makes it elective. That's what makes it non-essential. If I get shot, if I get stabbed, if I get in a car accident, if I am in some other type of horrific accident and I'm rushed to the emergency, that's not elective and that's not non-essential. It's essential. It's immediate. I need immediate help. So by definition, abortion is not essential because it is scheduled in advance because it's not a medical emergency. There are, of course, many highly important elective surgeries that may eventually be essential for the patient's life and livelihood, but don't require immediate surgery. So we may see actually some significant medical issues moving forward in the next few weeks here of people who did have surgery scheduled that are very important. They just weren't emergency ones, and we may need to change some of the guidelines to account for that. By the way, the reason to temporarily halt elective non-essential surgeries is, is twofold. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's one, to stop the spread of the virus, by having less physical interactions with others, particularly in surgery, where you're very close with one another. And secondly, to free up personal protection equipment and beds and ventilators for those fighting this virus. And again, two weeks ago, we talked about how Planned Parenthood has actually been soliciting donations for personal protective equipment while all other healthcare providers are stopping their non-essential elective surgeries in order to donate the personal protective equipment to those in hospitals who may begin to become overrun by patients who have been infected with coronavirus. So obviously the abortion industry is an incredibly selfish industry who's keeping these equipments for themselves, soliciting donations for more, and suing states like Texas in order to continue performing abortions. But abortion is not essential because abortion is not an emergency surgery to save the patient's life. Abortion is an elective procedure that murders the patient's child. The mother's child, the baby. Abortion is not essential because in the su- even in the super minority of cases where the mother's life is on the line due to her pregnancy, abortion is not needed to save the mother. If your life is being threatened by your pregnancy, you do not have to intentionally kill the child in the womb through an abortion to save the mother's life. You can induce early labor or perform a cesarean section. And lastly, abortion is not essential because abortion does not address or fix any illness or underlying pathology. There is nothing wrong with the patient's body that abortion fixes. Abortion actually interrupts the perfectly natural functioning process of the female reproductive system by killing the human being, growing in the womb that she was created to reside in. This entire thing is perfectly natural. It's how the human body was created to operate. We all know this. Whether you approach biology from a theistic or atheistic approach, we all understand that this is natural. This is how the body was created to to perform so abortion doesn't solve a problem it doesn't fix an illness it doesn't help the patient who is sick it eliminates a child whose only fault is being conceived by typically the consensual sex of their parents so obviously abortion is not essential but that is what the abortion industry is pushing in order to continue operating and it is only by assuming that abortion is essential that a lawsuit against the state of Texas even makes sense. How dare you include abortions and other non-essential elective surgeries that you're temporarily banning in order to cater to the health of Americans? How dare you do that? Obviously, this is a selfish and financial incentive that's driving the abortion industry to do this. There, By the way, there are many other elective non-essential surgeries whose— postponement might actually harm the patient's life. For example, cancer surgeries or organ transplants, some of these who have been scheduled, but they're very important. The postponement of those might actually cause damage to the patient's life the longer that this pandemic lasts. But have we heard any public outcry from abortion rights advocates on those? Of course not. Of course not. And this could also include breast cancer surgeries. That's the health of women. No public outcry from the abortion industry on that, only on Abortion; Those patients might actually suffer due to their surgeries being postponed, whereas pregnant women who can't kill their child during coronavirus might suffer how? How might they suffer because of the postponement of the scheduled death of their child? Oh, they might have to meet them. Oh, God forbid, they might have to meet their child. They might have to give birth to a child that they probably consensually created. What a horrible way to suffer and be punished. In order to cater to the national health of americans and curb the infection rate of this virus so no abortion is not essential according to the statesman.com article If upheld, this secondary restraining order on Governor Greg Abbott's order will, quote, provide important, although limited relief by allowing drug-induced abortions to resume and by allowing abortions for women who are approaching legal deadlines based on gestational age. Today's ruling ensures some Texans will be able to get the care they need. Despite the all-out war politicians in the state have declared on abortion access, said Rupali Sharma, director of the Lawyering Project. Interesting. I thought the all-out war that politicians were waging was on the invisible enemy coronavirus, and therefore all elective non-essential surgery should be considered for temporary postponement to cater to the health of Americans. But no, if if you want to include abortion in every other surgery and be consistent, then you're declaring all-out war On women's access to abortion, ridiculous. So, we should hardly be surprised that a movement that believes killing children is healthcare would also refuse to comply with a state order to cease all non essential surgeries, including abortion, in order to fight an invisible enemy. And free up resources for those most in need. If you don't believe in the moral worth of children, of babies, of innocent human beings and their right to not be intentionally killed by others, then why would you have any respect for state laws, for actual laws that are intended to protect the lives of innocent human beings when your moral compass is that skewed. Well, next we're going to discuss a garbage piece at the Huffington Post pushing telemedicine abortions and using this crisis in order to further their dream of having abortions move into the purely abortion pill realm where it can be shipped right to your door. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted. Listen, during this time, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all the more important that we are reaching people with a pro-life message because many of the ways that we would typically do that have currently been postponed through live events, many times even through sidewalk counseling. And so we want to reach people digitally with a pro-life message online that equips pro-life people to be confident and and gracious and passionate in their approach to defend life, but also encouraging pro-choice individuals to reconsider their ideas and their position by examining ideas and evidence that we talk about on this show that they probably never heard before. And so we need your help to help reach more people, expand the production value of the show, build a team and create more content for the next generation of people who we hope will be the pro-life generation. Greg Cunningham got this right one time when he said that there are more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's because killing babies is very profitable while saving them is very costly. So help us with our costs as we're seeking to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. And we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. So recently we had discussed on this show that the abortion industry is using this crisis of the coronavirus to push telemedicine abortions, right? To basically ship to to push the shipping of the abortion pill to your mailbox or to your local uh, drugstore um, in order to. Uh, address the problem of access to abortion during the coronavirus. Well, Huffington Post has jumped on that bandwagon and recent, recently published a piece entitled It's Time for a Revolution in At-Home Abortion. And this has been the goal of the abortion industry for years now, has been to push on the FDA to change their rules and requirements that would then allow for the abortion pill to be sold online and delivered to your door or pharmacy. And that's because currently under the FDA REMS requirement, which is the risk evaluation and mitigation strategy, the abortion pill can only be dispensed by a clinician in an approved hospital or clinic. So it's not legal to get the abortion pill ship to your door as you order it online. So they want to push for telemedicine abortions where you have an appointment with an abortionist basically through a video conference call or FaceTime call, and then they sign off on it. They give you the permission to get it, and then they can ship it to your door or you can pick it up at the local pharmacy. And so Huffington Post on April 8th by Melissa Jeltson has jumped on this bandwagon and is actually calling for a revolution in at-home abortion, making sure that this crisis does not go to waste so that they can accomplish all of their abortion wishless dreams. According to the article, faced with dwindling options, callers to the helpline run by the Reproductive Rights Group If When How We're considering self-managed abortion, loosely defined as ending a pregnancy without the formal supervision of a healthcare professional. (laughs) How's that for a euphemism? Calls to the confidential helpline have more than doubled in the past two weeks, according to Jill Adams, the group's executive director. People are unable to leave their homes, and yet they still need to have abortions, Adams said. While we practice social distancing to maintain public health and flatten the curve, people must be allowed to safely end pregnancies at home without the fear of arrest. Now, of course, you see the language they're using, right? People still need to have abortions. The assumption is that it is an essential service. But of course, no argument or case is made as to why it's such an essential service. But she points out, of course, that the fear that women might have is that taking the abortion pill at home without going through the proper channels to get it might lead to arrest. Why? Because it's illegal. (laughs) So you have Huffington Post and, of course, the abortion industry uh, pushing for the celebrating the new horizons of the abortion industry without acknowledging that what they are encouraging and seeking to do is illegal. And in many times, the abortion industry has already been doing this. But of course, they want to be able to do it legally so that they can do it on a large scale by removing the FDA REMS requirements. Well, of course, there is nothing safe about a medication abortion for the baby that it starves to death or for the mother. But we'll get to that in a second. The article continues and said, these abortions take place in the privacy of one's home. But due to current federal regulations on mifepristone, the first of the two drugs used to end a pregnancy, patients are required to physically show up at an abortion clinic to to retrieve the medicine. Unlike virtually every other medication, it can't be dispensed at a local pharmacy or through the mail. Oh, why is that? Because it kills a human being. It is unlike every other form of medication. So, of course, it will be treated differently. Article continues and said, to get around this, some women have been turning to the internet to buy the pills without a prescription. Now, reproductive health experts expect to see a rapid increase ...in such purchases as people are stuck indoors and can't travel to clinics. Ultimately, the pandemic may expose the fact that current restrictions on medication abortion aren't actually necessary at all. Well, there it is. That line right there tells you everything you need to know about the abortion industry and left-wing outlets like Huffington Post. They do not care about the health of women. This was not me citing someone that the author was citing. These were the author's words. The pandemic may expose the fact that current restrictions on medication abortion aren't actually necessary at all. Well, no, that's not a fact. That's a fiction, and that's your own political opinion. Restrictions on medication abortions are, in fact, very necessary and very important. Why? Why are these restrictions on medication abortions, the RU-486 abortion pill, so necessary and important because the abortion pill is very dangerous. It's obviously dangerous for the baby that it kills because child abuse is never safe. But it's also actually dangerous for the life and health of women, even if you don't care about unborn children. Even if you're a crazy, crazed pro-abort who loves abortion, you should be opposed to the widespread dissemination and availability of the abortion pill that the abortion industry is pushing because it's very dangerous for the health of women. Not because I say so, but because the FDA says so. The very people that they're pushing on to lift the REMS requirement so that they can ship the abortion pill to your daughter's doorstep. According to the FDA... Risk and effects of the abortion pill include abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, headache, heavy bleeding, and even death are all possibilities for women who take the abortion pill, which is taken between when you find out you're pregnant and 10 weeks. Furthermore, according to the FDA, 24 women have died taking RU486 since it became available on the open market. Average bleeding lasts 9 to 16 days. And 8% of women will endure bleeding for more than 30 days. That's intense. That is dangerous to the health of women. But it gets worse. In a June 18, 2018 Live Action News article, they cite a 2000 Oxford University Press study which found, quote, that the average failure rate of a medication abortion is 8%. An 8% failure rate means that about one in every 12 chemical abortion attempts will be unsuccessful, which means women will need to be subjected to a surgical abortion, which, of course, also has its own risks. So according to this 2000 Oxford University Press study, 8% of women who take the RU486 medication abortion pill will have an unsuccessful abortion. Now that does not mean an unsuccessful dead baby. The first pill will probably be successful in starving your baby to death over the course of two days. The 8% failure rate is the failure for the second pill to adequately dispel your dead baby by forcing your uterus to have contractions. So what does that mean? That means that 8% of women will be walking around with a dead baby in their uterus, being susceptible to sepsis and death. In my state of California, Our morally bankrupt governor, Gavin Newsom, last year signed SB24, which starting in 2023 will force California state four-year universities to provide the abortion pill in their university health centers. And the FDA had recommendations against this. Why? Because some of the FDA's requirements for prescribers of the abortion pill is that the prescribers of the abortion pill must have abortion instruments on site and staff licensed to perform abortions for the 8% of women who have to come back in and have a surgical abortion because the abortion pill failed. Does any of this sound safe for women? The abortion industry wants to ship these pills to your daughters and young people's doors or dorm rooms or pharmacies where they can pick it up And for 8% of those women, where are they going to go when they're walking around with a dead baby that wasn't adequately dispelled in the toilet? Who knows? Wherever. Maybe the local abortion clinic. Maybe the emergency room. Obviously, this is a public health risk that will take the lives and significantly endanger the health of women. So this is why current restrictions on medication abortions are necessary and important. But this author at Huffington Post says this pandemic is an opportunity for us to expose our political opinion, which we call a fact, that these restrictions on medications abortions aren't actually necessary at all. The article continues and said this is a really unique opportunity to say, what are the things that we're doing that are not grounded in medical evidence that are actually limiting access to care? said Jamila Parrott, an OBGYN and reproductive health advocate i.e. abortion rights lover. It may be that we have an opportunity to demedicalize the way abortion care is provided in this country. Translation, we have a financial opportunity in the middle of this crisis to push the abortion pill, which doesn't require brick-and-mortar abortion clinics. It doesn't require us to pay abortionists. It doesn't require us us to find more abortionists because they can just FaceTime in anywhere around the country. And it enables us to sell a low-cost production pill that we can sell at high margins in order to line our pockets with the blood money of dead babies who will be flushed down the American sewage system. That's what that means. Well, while Huffington Post is joining the abortion industry and calling for the FDA to change their rules so the abortion pill can be shipped right to a woman's door, the industry itself has actually been selling these pills online illegally for quite some time. And a recent story by Live Action News exposed this reality and reminded us all that this has been happening for a while. On April 8th, Live Action News ran an article entitled Pro-Lifer Goes Undercover and Learns How Easy It Is to Get Mail-Order Abortion Pills. And this man's name is Joe Baca. He's actually a friend of mine, great guy. It says Joe Baca successfully ordered an abortion pill regimen, including the abortion pill known as Mifepristone, from two abortion sites, abortionrx.com and aidaccess.org, upon recommendation from a third site, plancpills.org. He received the abortion pill regimen from abortionrx.com. Telling live action news, I recently acquired abortion pills from abortionrx.com under the name Jennifer Rodriguez. AbortionRx.com is already known to the FDA and is listed on an FDA abuse complaint issued over a year ago to Rebel LTD. So they've already been in FDA's... uh sites because they know that they've been abusing the laws against selling the abortion pill online. Baca said he wanted to find out how easy it was to order abortion pills online. Neither company required proof of a doctor's visit or even an ultrasound proving I was pregnant, he explained. They did nothing to make sure I was not being abused, raped, or trafficked. They did nothing absolutely to verify I was an adult beyond asking me how old I was. I simply told them I was born in 1995, but they never asked for an ID. Baca also claims he offered his identification but was refused. When I asked someone from AbortionRx.com if I needed an ID to prove I was an adult, they said, we trust that you are at least 18. Baca said, when I asked if I should go to a doctor... After I took the abortion pills, I was highly discouraged. Right, this is what we're talking about. The risk maybe to mother's life when they take this pill. They're discouraging him from doing that. They said that the medical staff would only try to con me into additional charges. When I asked one of these recommended companies what I should do if I bled profusely for several days, they let me know that they were not doctors but I could google it if I were concerned. So this is what has recently been exposed from things that pro-lifers have known from a long time, that many companies like this within the abortion industry are illegally selling the abortion pill online, which already is breaking laws, but additionally are not doing any of the requirements necessary to guarantee the gestational age of the baby, the age of the woman seeking out the abortion, um, uh, and, 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 and make sure that this is actually a real person who can legally access the abortion pill. So This is what is going on right now, and this is exactly what Huffington Post wants. This is what the abortion industry wants to endanger the health and lives of women. And these industries should be shut down completely, entirely, and immediately for illegally selling the abortion pill online and endangering the lives of young women. Well, an industry that profits off of denying health care To the children they kill through abortion will hardly have a problem in endangering the health and lives of women through the abortion pill to increase their profits. Those who ignore the moral law written on man's heart to not kill the innocent will naturally have no problem ignoring the actual American laws against the sale of the abortion pill online. The lawless don't care about laws. If you have no recognition of the moral law that we should not intentionally abuse and kill the innocent and the vulnerable among us, then why would you have any respect for actual physical national laws that reflect a moral natural law that says you cannot sell these types of pills online because they endanger people's lives and they're not safe? The lawless don't care about laws, they only care about Power. Well, next, we're going to talk about pro-life advocate David Benham, who was recently unlawfully arrested for sidewalk counseling outside an abortion clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. But first, I want to tell you about an exciting opportunity for your church. I have teamed up recently with my new friend Sarah Vienna for a pro-life church tour entitled I'm alive. Sarah is a international speaker and singer who works in Romania and the States defending the cause of the needy from unborn to elderly and her song I'm alive is what our tour is named after. I'm alive tour captures both the beauty and the truth of the pro life position and speaking to the heart and the head, this tour will win the hearts of your church for life while also equipping them to defend life. Based on biblical truths, I'm Alive can help your church create a culture of life that fights to love our unborn neighbors and their mothers and fathers. So, happening this summer and fall of 2020, this tour will fill up fast. So, to bring I'm Alive to your church, email us at I'm at gmail.com. I'm a live tour at gmail.com for questions and bookings, and we'll be right back with a whole lot more. Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. So a particularly disturbing story came out recently, actually amongst others, of David Benham being unlawfully arrested for sidewalk counseling outside an abortion clinic in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there's actually been a few of these cases with pro-life individuals in the last several weeks being uh, given citations or even arrested for sidewalk counseling outside abortion clinics. According to Fox News on April 7th by Caleb Park, Conservative activist David Benham was arrested Saturday for providing counseling outside a North Carolina abortion clinic despite a stay-at-home order amid the coronavirus pandemic. Benham, who made national headlines after getting dropped by HGTV allegedly for his Christian beliefs, posted a video of the arrest outside the offices of a preferred women's health center of Charlotte. He alleges officials are using the virus as cover for discriminating against pro-life groups. It's government overreach. It's viewpoint discrimination. It's selective enforcement of the COVID law. It's the suppressing of religious expression. It's all of those things, Benham told Fox News. It's just a straight up breaching of my constitutional. And if you don't know David Benham, he actually has a twin, the Benham Brothers, and they're quite popular pro-life activists. They had a show on HGTV, former minor league baseball players, and really do a lot for the pro-life movement. And they have their own nonprofit called Cities for Life in charlotte that regularly stands outside abortion clinics does sidewalk counseling and saves babies and ministers to mothers and gives them resources and care all for free of course and they were arrested and he was arrested for doing that while gathering in a group under 10 and distancing by over six feet from one another so clearly what is apparently an illegal arrest so we actually have the video of this altercation and of this interaction that we want to show for you
1: that abortion clinic exceeds the number of 10 and we are in. Essential federally recognized nonprofit charity that helps at-risk mothers and babies. We are within our rights to be here,"
0: it says on April fourth, twenty twenty, the Charlotte police unlawfully arrested David Benham, and he's standing there with other groups. He was there with four other sidewalk counselors from Cities for Life. Cities for Life is a peaceful pro-life movement providing resources, support, and pregnancy care services for at-risk women.
1: We are practicing social distancing, we have cleaned our hands, we are offering help to these mothers. And if you're saying that we don't have the right to be here, then go in the abortion clinic and make the arrest there. Mr. Benham, I- I don't have the authority to go in the abortion clinic. But, so you you don't have the authority to go in the abortion clinic, but you have the authority to bully us and our sidewalk counselors. Yes, right. okay. I mean, nice yes, you are. I'm being nice as you're know. you You know, you're trying to be nice. It's passive aggressive. But guess what's happening? I'm not budging, on, and our sidewalk counselors are not on, budging. I, I, I respect your rights, believe me. But at this time, can you please step over there? I'll step over here. Yes, Thank sir, you. I certainly will. Thank you. But you know we're right. You know we're right. Okay. And I appreciate you serving. I appreciate everything that you do for us. Yes sir. But this is wrong and you know it. You cannot tell us to leave. Can't. You sir. know, you know are I you am well be... within my constitutional authority okay, to be here. Arrest. You know you that I'm Yes sir, it's a you know that we're doing the right thing. I've... You need to, escort me you need to go you to the park and make arrests. Okay, so who has their citations? I'm getting hers in just a second, she should get your ID. Okay. Sir, you know just we are a federally button. recognized me, charity. tell you. We wouldn't be doing right this right. if we were not acting under advice of our. We we have. I know you're acting under the advice of your attorney. We have the authority if to be here. We not feel like we had firm legal standing. I understand. We not be doing. This. I understand, and I appreciate your service. Okay, I really so do. So that's why all these police officers are here. I understand. We were, we're prepared. I'm very thankful for this. And and we, you know, if you want to make this, draw this line in the sand. No, it's not me drawing the line in the sand. We Who are a recognized man? charity. Who is it? We are a recognized charity, and you know this. We. are are offering essential services to these mothers, and you know this. And we are practicing social distancing. We are doing everything well within the ordinance, well within the provisions. No, no, it's, it's a state statute. It's no well within the statute. No We're doing everything. this way, Thank you.
0: So there you go. David Benham arrested illegally by Charlotte, North Carolina police officers for doing nothing, for meeting all of the state requirements that the police officer cites to him regarding gathering in groups under 10 and maintaining six feet of distance. And of course, if you watch the show and, you've, and you saw this clip, then you'll, you'll see that they were practicing all of those things. And you hear the officer literally say, if we didn't think we were on firm legal grounding, we wouldn't be doing this who's drawing the line in the sand. We're acting on the advice of our attorney, and you were violating state ordinances. Well, he cites the state ordinances right back to the officer, which is groups under 10 and separated by over six feet, and there were only four sidewalk counselors separated by more than six feet, and yet these officers arrested him only to later release him. According to the Fox News article, Benham, who was arrested and charged with a misdemeanor for violating state emergency prohibitions, was booked and released within four hours. Benham said he was only joined by three sidewalk counselors and accused the mayor's office, the city attorney, and local newspaper, the Charlotte Observer, of colluding against them. We're dealing with a radical left agenda that is deliberately lying, falsifying information to lead the public astray, he said. Senator Ted Cruz jumped in. It's called, uh, regarding the arrest of his friend, wrong and unconstitutional, and tweeted out, because elected Dems are pro-abortion, they are abusing their power in a one-sided way to silence pregnancy counselors. He said, and this is the hypocrisy of lawless men, right? If the abortion clinic itself, including the local park that Benham talks about, have groups over ten congregating in close proximity, why aren't those people being arrested? And at the beginning of the video, you heard David Benham say that abortion clinic is violating the rules of less than ten people. There are more people, more than ten people in there. Why aren't you making arrests there? Why aren't you making arrests at the local park where the video actually says people were socially gathering in groups larger? than 10. This is the hypocrisy of lawless men that use the law as a way to exercise political power against those who disagree with them. There ought to be a full investigation into this arrest. The police officers responsible for arresting him ought to be fired, and any superiors who were involved should be fired as well. And I hope voters in Charlotte and in North Carolina um, remember That North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper's silence and refusal to step in on this matter when the next gubernatorial election comes. If Roy Cooper and the Democrat leadership in Charlotte did care about the rule of law, they would have arrested individuals inside the Preferred Women's Health Center abortion clinic who were congregating over 10 people, and they certainly wouldn't have arrested Benham if they cared about the rule of law. If they did, they would be consistent in labeling abortions as a non-essential surgery, along with all of the others that had been temporarily stopped. But they don't care about the rule of law. They only care about power. And if the law can be subjectively used to exercise power in silencing your political opponents who are pro-life, then so be it. And this is setting a very dangerous precedent. Personally, I'm very concerned with laws that would enable police officers to arrest other individuals right now who gather in groups over 10. That's obviously a violation of constitutional rights. Now, the argument made is that, oh, well, it's a temporary curtailment of constitutional rights given the public health crisis. And I understand that, but even that is concerning. But it's all the more concerning that when someone is not even breaking the state ordinances and laws regarding the virus, that they can still be arrested simply because they're pro life, simply because they're outside an abortion clinic. This is not the type of society and not the type of legal system that we want to create, where those who are in power, be they public servants like police officers or politicians, can subject Apply the law to discriminate against their political opponents. And if this does become the precedent, you can bet that as much as conservatives don't like to run roughshod over the Constitution, they will have no other choice but to do the same in order to protect their own lives if one side is going to use the Constitution and political power to simply discriminate against those who disagree with them politically. That's not the type of country we want. That's not the type of legal system we want. And that's certainly not going to create. In America where we can agree to disagree on issues, particularly those where we're just gathering to make our opinions known. This wasn't even a question over the moral question of abortion. This was simply the question of, can I practice my constitutional rights to stand on the sidewalk, obeying state ordinances during a public health crisis, and provide essential services to women as a Contrast to the abortion clinic that they're walking into who was not shut down. Clearly, that should be a bipartisan issue. Well, thanks for joining me today. Head on over to iTunes and Spotify and YouTube and give this show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps us reach more people. And if you want to learn more about my ministry and engage with me online, head on over to Facebook, to Twitter, give me a like, and head on over to my website, SethGruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B is in babyboyer.com to sign up for my newsletter, to get training videos, and to view my speaking schedule when that begins again in the fall. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Unaborted.